welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 21st of June. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and coming up on the show today, we'll be looking at our fixed income research analyst's call on taking credit risk, and if that's the right thing to be doing just now. And we'll also be interrogating whether or not alternative investments have a place in a volatile environment. But first, I'm joined by John T. Warris to review what's been moving markets since we talked to you yesterday. Good morning, John T. Good morning, Bernadette. Jonty markets look to be a little calmer following all the central bank tightening and pausing of recent weeks. Perhaps you could give us a quick uh, roundup of how the markets fared yesterday. Sure, gladly. Well, yesterday, European markets finished generally lower, with the German DAX closing down 0.55%, France's CAC 40 falling 0.27%, and London's FTSE 100 closing down a quarter of a percent. And in the US, equity markets didn't fare too well either. Yesterday, we saw data signaling an unexpected rise in US home builder activity, which showed the largest month-on-month increase in more than three decades. But sadly, this didn't manage to lift markets in the US. The main US stock indices moved lower, with the S&P dropping 0.4%, and the Nasdaq also ticking down about 0.1%. We saw chip maker Intel fall 4%, while the sportswear giant Nike's shares fell over 3% on news that worldwide demand for sportswear was likely to remain low putting more inventory pressure on the shoemaker. Investors in US stocks are caught between fear of missing out and concerns that markets have run too far too fast as they contend with overblown valuations and some quite hawkish signals from the US Fed. And in fixed income, US treasuries are firmer across the curve following quite a lot of flattening in recent weeks. Uh, The US two-year yields are up two basis points to 471, while the 10-year yields have gained three basis points to 375. Okay, so we've had uh, stocks and bonds. Is there anything to report from the other asset classes? Well, Bernadette, we've seen oil steady somewhat as traders take stock of China's renewed efforts to stimulate the economy and prepare for the comments the Fed chair uh, will give later today that may flag further monetary tightening. Uh, WTI crude gained 1.4% to trade at around 71.46 a barrel. Um, Elsewhere, gold is little changed after dropping 1.2% yesterday. And in currencies, a gauge of dollar strength inched up after the greenback advanced against all of its group of 10 counterparts yesterday, apart from the yen. And the yen is looking slightly weaker today. As for cable, sterling has been trading in a narrow range versus the greenback, hovering at around 1.275 to 277 as investors await UK inflation uh, data later today, which may impact the Bank of England's interest rate decision due tomorrow. Okay, so if we move to uh, what's been happening uh, while we were asleep, perhaps, uh, there's been some news out of the Asia-Pacific region this morning. So what can you tell us there? That's right. Yes, China has extended tax breaks on electric vehicle purchases until 2027. And this comes as part of a plan to advance the nation's goal of becoming a world leader in car production. Some of China's recent efforts have included everything from upgrading its EV charging infrastructure to promoting new energy vehicles in rural areas. And elsewhere in today's Asian trading session, bond yields have fallen, taking the lead from their US Treasury counterparts yesterday. The yield on the 10-year Australian security dropped about six basis points, while its Japanese equivalent fell by one basis point. And Asian equities are generally trading lower this Wednesday morning too. While the Nikkei and the topics are now trading in the green, up by around half percent, the Aussie, the Kiwi and most Chinese indices are trading lower today. And the Hang Seng Index is down by more than 2% as it heads for a third straight day of losses before a holiday tomorrow in Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland. Uh, lastly, the Chinese yuan weakened past a closely watched 7.2 per dollar level for the first time since November. 
Okay, thanks for that, John T. And uh, maybe we should look now to what's coming up today. You already mentioned your own pal speaking to Congress and UK inflation data, but what else should we be uh, expecting or indeed watching out for? That's right. Yes, markets are generally risk off, it seems today. Uh, as you mentioned, as uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell will give his semi-annual report to Congress today. This will be likely be a rough one, a rough one for global bonds as the Fed Chair needs to reinforce a message that US rates will need to go higher still. Elsewhere, data set for release includes uh, UK CPI and producer price data, uh, retail sales in France and unemployment data in Sweden. And UK commercial property developer Barclay Group will unveil earnings in a thin day for corporate reports today. And that's all from me today, Bernadette. Okay, thanks very much for the update, John T. And now it's time to turn to my special guest today. First of all, from fixed income research, Dario Messi. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. So it's uh, it's nearly the end of June, which means we're approaching the end of the first half of 2023. And uh, if we look back, we see risky bond segments uh, performing very well, don't we? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, indeed, the uh, riskier segments, such as, uh, for example, the US yield market, um, did very well, very resilient, and actually also much better than than we anticipated so far this year. Um, even more surprisingly, uh, it is the bond with the weakest credit ratings. So uh, within the high yield segment, the triple Cs, the, the single Bs of the world that have posted the best year-to-date performance. And especially, as you said, in June, so far this month, very, very strong gains. So what's the reason for such a strong first half of the year? There, there are probably different factors that contributed to this outcome. Uh, in the early part of the year, we had this uh, positive global growth revisions. Uh, on top of this, or in addition, uh, hopes that this uh, reopening of China's economy will act as a growth engine for, for the entire world. And as a result, we saw spreads tightening and credit markets doing very well. Then we had the banking stress and the debt debate in the US. These events certainly interrupted the rally, but only temporarily. So as soon as we had this debt deal, as the debt deal was reached, spreads went south again and prices of riskier bonds up. Uh, also, the, the good performance probably in the equity market gave some comfort here, even if it was uh, not such a broad strength. And also the underlying companies of these indices are, are totally different nature. So overall, there are several factors that together led to such a resilient credit market. Okay, so this sounds like it's a, a Goldilocks moment for risky bonds again. But um, And correct me if I'm wrong, since April, you've downgraded first US high yield and then also euro high yield bonds to underweight. So are you sticking with the call or is a, a switch in strategy warranted? No, we are sticking with the call. It's absolutely right from our view to still remain cautious. Uh, we are not convinced that the, the increasing default risks are fully accounted for in current valuations. Um, yes, the private sector debt levels are not alarming. We talked about this already uh, in this call, but still the massive tightening cycle by, by global monetary authorities will continue to put pressure on uh, less profitable and more leveraged companies. Um, we have higher refinancing risks. Higher refinancing risks will ultimately lead to higher default rates. And we already start to see that in, in the recent bankruptcy statistics. So yes, no change in our strategy. We keep our underweight rating on the global high yield segment and would not chase the rally at this point. Rather, as already outlined uh, several times in the, in the recent calls, uh, we see value in better quality bonds 
which uh, really offer an attractive risk-return combination. Well, thanks for clarifying that call, Dario. Um, I'm looking forward to your appearance on the show next week to update us indeed on the bank's mid-year market outlook fixed income calls. And indeed, sticking with our mid-year outlook, I promised at the start of the show we'd be taking a look at alternative investments today. So I'm delighted to be joined by the bank's expert on this topic, Adrian Yasfal. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Good morning and thank you very much. So um, perhaps I could start by asking you to clarify for listeners, just what are alternative investments? We talk about alternative investments when we talk about both the instruments being traded and also the trading styles. This sounds very exotic, but really, let me compare it with traditional or non-alternative funds. So when we talk about non-alternative funds, and as a client or with a bank, any bank really, you see this in a statement, you see equities, single equities or single equity funds or single bonds or, of course, uh, bond funds. Alternative style have a very broad range. It's really a question of multiple instruments used, how they're being used as well, that can famously in the hedge fund space can be using long positions as well as short positions. But it can also be, um, you know, on the long only side, such things as distressed credit. It can involve leverage and multiple uh, contracts, future contracts and forwards as well. Okay, so I guess that begs the question, do alternative investments actually make sense in the current environment, given all the volatility? Yes. So after, you know, a decade of low volatility and a bull market fueled by quantitative easing, where especially hedge funds were not needed, their added value has been continuously proven since uh, the volatility has been back in 2020. And we see this continue in 2021, 22, and this year, of course, as well. Especially in 2022, um, we've seen hedge funds outperform a 60-40 portfolio by over 10%. And what we call volatility uh, is can also be called dislocation. And dislocation is very valuable for active managers, for hedge fund managers, as an example. Um, there is a lot of opportunity to, to benefit from dislocated markets. That's where these types of managers and funds will do very well. And we expect this dislocation to continue for the foreseeable future. Okay, so you've made the case uh, strongly that they make sense. Uh, so therefore, what alternative investments would you find most interesting today? We especially like and are quite cautious in um, in maintaining a low, what we call a low beta, meaning low market correlation. We try to focus on managers that generate returns really based on their own trading talent. Uh, when we say low volatility or market correlation, what we mean is, is what we call relative value. That's kind of the old school hedge fund strategies where you take positions on the long side and the short side, uh, but you just don't take on too, direct, too much directional risk. We see this be extremely useful in equities. We see it in credit as well, but we also very importantly see it in commodities, that's an area we like uh, a lot. And there, what we're seeing, if you look at the BCOM, which of course is a commodities index, which has been down every month for the year, we have managers that have been up every month of the year. And beyond this being a great performance indication, it really also shows the dislocation and the opportunities that can be harvested out of those dislocations. Thank you very much uh, for that uh, update, Adrian, and uh, giving us something different to reflect upon this morning. I'd also like to let our listeners know that uh, you're going to be back for a more in-depth discussion on this topic with my colleague Helen Freer in our Beyond Markets podcast in July. So do watch out for that. Thanks to all my guests today. Um, I hope you make the most of the longest day of the year. But don't forget to join me again tomorrow to get a glimpse of our CIO's current views and, of course, the latest news on what's moving markets too. 
Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.